Welcome to the Security Sessions podcast, brought to you by Talist and hosted by me, Nera Jones. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing the technologies, people, and processes behind information security and delving into topics like data security, remote access, and digital transformation. We'll be speaking to Talis and industry experts to bring you fresh perspectives on how to navigate the world of cloud security. Today's episode five is about the challenges of digital transformation. Now that the pandemic has propelled most businesses into forced digital transformation, perhaps a number of years quicker than they would normally have done, we will examine the real business challenges that everyone is faced with. Today, I have two fantastic guests who will share their insights with us. CJ Collins, software engineer at Google, and Sol Case, principal technologist, CTO at Thales. So Sol and CJ, I will ask you to briefly introduce yourself, starting with you, Sol. Perfect. Thank you very much and appreciate it. Hi, everybody. I'm Saul. I'm the principal technologist, as you said, here at Talus. And what that means is I spend a lot of my time and energy working with uh, customers, partners in the industry, uh, and open source community members to, to solve security problems uh, in their world. So happy to be here and looking forward to it. CJ. Yeah, thanks, Saul. And thank you, Nira, so much for having me. Uh, my name is CJ Cullen. I'm a tech lead in Google Cloud. I'm on the engineering team that is building out Google Kubernetes Engine and Anthos. So uh, specifically, I work on securing these platforms and trying to give our customers the, the best possible production infrastructure that we can. Thank you both. So you're both in contact regularly with uh, customers who are facing many challenges. So what can you tell me about the blockers to digital transformation and the main customer pain points that you have observed? CJ, starting with you. Sure, yeah, from my perspective, I kind of see it in two facets, two sort of orthogonal facets. There's both the application modernization piece and the cloud migration piece. You know, you can you can migrate to cloud and mostly keep the old way of how you were doing things, but doing that, you're not going to get all the benefits of moving to the cloud. Uh, on the other hand, you can modernize applications on your existing hardware without dealing with cloud. And to me, that's the more interesting piece of digital transformation. I think one of the problems is, you know, you know the old way. The old way works. It's a known quantity. Uh, especially in the security space, you know your security stack, you know which pieces are important, uh, which pieces need some more manual attention, manual care from time to time. I think a lot of these security tools uh, are used to, you know, are built for thinking about endpoints that stick around for a long time or network topology that doesn't change much. So a common pain point I see is how do you take those tools and those processes that you've built up and get a similar value on top of this this new way that you're trying to run things? What do you think, Saul? I, I would uh, fully agree with that, actually. And I think there's uh, not only those you know, changes in tools, behavior, and how you're doing things in, in, in sort of this new world way architecture and design. Um, it, it's, it's the fact that your processes that you're used to and the toolings that you're your team is, is supporting that haven't quite evolved the same way with the cloud. And so another key blocker is 
there is a challenge for finding cloud native, you know, a true cloud native uh, um, op- opportunities and options for, for the organizations out there that are secure, uh, that actually bring that value they need, uh, that augments well, because one of the other challenges that they look for when they're doing digital transformation is, uh, you know, everything from compatibility of tools and knowledge, but also is this, uh, um, you know, compatible with our roadmap. The other big blocker I see that has nothing to do with technology that I would like to make sure we highlight too is uh, change management. Just getting used to changing and, and getting good at that as an organization is sometimes one of the bigger challenges for um, the teams because it's not so much that everything's new. Uh, there's a big part of that. There's a lot of learning curve and you know new things. Um, but quite often, most organizations aren't used to the rapid and extreme amount of change that happens in cloud nowadays. And Getting that level of comfort with change is another part that's more organizational and cultural that I see sometimes as a challenge as well. Uh, absolutely, and uh, and we always have to look at all the the challenges associated not only with technology but also people and uh, and processes and change management certainly plays a big part. Uh, and as far as change is concerned, I mean we we all know that uh, decades ago we used to uh, uh, to know everything. We we used to have a perimeter. We don't have a perimeter anymore. We don't know generally where stuff is, uh, and and that's really rather difficult. So in that respect, how has infrastructure and application design changed? And uh, following on from that, what are some of the challenges to the secure development challenge? CJ, I think that's a good one for you, actually. I think you guys see a lot of this in, in sort of your camp these days. Sure. Yeah. I think the, the base level with infrastructure is it's more dynamic. You know, you mentioned that you used to have a, you used to have a perimeter. You used to have a known quantity of what what machines are in your environment, in your infrastructure. Uh, today, those things come and go. You know, you're, you're defining them as either as code or as config, and a, a new VM shows up, uh, disappears. You, you don't really treat it as a pet. You know, you hear this uh, pet versus cattle thing a lot in, in the new way of thinking about stuff. Uh, manual configuration of each of these things no longer scales. You can't have one sysadmin going in to to configure each and every knob on each and every box that you're going to spin up your applications on. So on the infrastructure side, that's that's a huge change. How do you automate all that? How that translates into application design, uh, you know, you get you get a lot more into this microservice-based design, which leads you to the fact that you can't really just integration test your applications anymore. You know, now you have different teams with different rollout schedules, uh, things might have interesting dependencies. Uh, a lot of that, there's a big challenge in educating your dev org on how that's gonna work. You know, No longer do you have teams doing these big combined rollouts of pushing the new version of the entire application. So thinking about things like test environments, staging or qualification environments where where each of these indiv- individual teams can can qualify their changes before they reach production, I think is really important. So, Sol, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I, I definitely concur uh, with uh, what CJ was just going for there, because I think that not only the design uh, aspects of the infrastructure are changing, um, but also the team you know, dynamics as well. I think one thing I'm seeing sort of seeing from the, the security aspects as a security uh, vendor is the design inside of microservices in particular, um, things like 
introduction of sidecars and other um, in, infrastructure provided security is another thing that I'm seeing as a new norm that organizations are, are starting to get used to, or at least exploring and get more comfortable with. Because to, 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 uh, to, to CJ's earlier points, when, when you're designing for the old monolithic or service oriented architectures of yesteryear, you were used to having everything in a, in a fairly tight stack and everybody came together to make that thing work. Now everybody you know, acts in their own streams with their own pipes and, and everything is you know, independent and idiomatic. But things like common security controls and compliance and security don't care about that. So trying to find ways to implement that from the infrastructure level is something we see commonly done, whether it's securing your secrets because you now put secrets in a secrets you know, vault or, 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 or mechanism instead of sitting in a configuration file that you treated with kid gloves and process. Um, so things change quite a bit when you become cloud native and you start operating with the cloud native tools. And, and of course, now all of this is exacerbated by uh, most people working remotely or intending to work remotely. And that trend is uh, definitely here to, say, to stay. So on, on that point, perhaps, uh, have we observed that application security is gaining renewed interest? And, uh, and therefore, what successful strategies have you observed, starting with you, CJ? Yeah, sure. So I think a lot of this migration is scary, but I think it can actually be a a huge benefit. You know, the running things as distributed microservices, uh, it just you know it increases your exposure, but it also increases your the the speed. You know, how how fast can you roll out a a fix to a dependency? It also allows you to decompose your applications into components that can be treated a little bit more with uh, with least privilege, uh, but all that takes work. And so rethinking how how each of these, these things is going to function in the new world is is definitely tough. And so? Yeah, I think uh, to follow on that, I mean, the, 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 the biggest, another challenge, again, it doesn't have to do too much directly with, with um, the technology itself, is the education, uh, the, the lack thereof. I mean, there's a lot of challenges just finding people that have done this more than once. Um, because a lot of this is new, transformative, you know, very pioneering, you know, so having expertise is really hard. And this is where, you know, we see a lot of our customers and partners leaning on, you know, their providers, their CSPs um, and technology providers to help them fill those gaps because the organization is quite often looking at these digital transformations with a blank canvas and not a lot of experience. So wherever they can get some good guidance or, Paint by number instructions. They they should take advantage of it because digital transformation is is not something that you just know how to do. You have to you have to work through it. Oh gosh, absolutely. And and indeed, talking about the innovation, as uh, as you just mentioned, uh, now that we have more and more of uh, everything as a as a service in many industries and particularly in financial services where we have trends such as uh, real-time payments and open banking and everybody is developing to APIs, either public or private. So what about APIs? Is API security a new area of focus? I'll take that one. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think it's actually a, a common conversation we're hearing more and more than we did a couple of years ago um, as a data security and, 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 and cryptography and key management type company at Talus, 
we're pretty used to having you know in- encryption and, and and data security conversations. So with this sort of transformation and and, and sort of you know bringing in a new set of characters and components of the stack, namely APIs, which are declarative representations of what your business logic does, is a very, very good portal into your contracts out to the customer and into your your business logic and what have you. So that API is now the surface where a lot of the defense needs to go. And building it from the API back to the the business logic and your design is the part you start to think about totally differently. It's not it's not a single, you know, entry point behind a firewall. It's a very complicated microservice service mesh networked um, type design nowadays. So an API is sort of like the, the the entry point, but when you look at the API, it's not just the entry point. It's everything that powers that and the components that that that, that bring that value to it. So looking at security of APIs doesn't bring mean that it's some new necessarily some new industry. It is a very descriptive and declarative representation of what you're doing in this new world and focusing your 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 attention on that entry point, but also all the support and vectors to that data and the operations is is another part of this new paradigm shift you have to get comfortable with. I don't know, CJ, what do you think? Yeah, I wanted to highlight a thing that Saul called out. I think how these APIs exist really maps to how your organizational structure exists. The APIs are contracts between teams, uh, whether those teams are internal to your organization or whether that is consuming some third-party API. And that's good. That allows teams to operate independently uh, and move faster than they would have been able to otherwise. But the other thing that Saul pointed out is uh, this means a larger attack surface. It's even more important to have strong authentication on who exactly is talking to you. You know, you can't just count that the firewall is keeping the bad guys out and whoever's in here talking to me must be fine. Uh, and you also need explicit policy on on what should be allowed in those communications and how, and how you're going to enforce that. Absolutely. And uh, I remember talking about uh, API security about uh, three years ago and uh, uh, and businesses were just not ready for it. And now uh, it's kind of hit them in the face, more or less. Um, so on that point, um, let's explore this a bit more. How is the management of trust impacted? Because now, as you said, you have a much larger attack surface. Yeah. To follow up, I think it's... Uh... I mentioned how important it is to know why you trust the thing that you're trusting, the whatever it is that is talking to you through that API, what makes you believe it's actually the thing it claims to be. So I think over the you know recent past, we've had pretty good, pretty strong uptake in like hardware multi-factor auth for end user devices, laptops, phones, workstations sort of answering the question, how do I know this login that I'm seeing is actually, you know, with pretty strong confidence, the user that it, that it claims to be. I think where we're going to see more evolution and more focus is that same concept with the identities of your applications. So how is your application getting this credential that it's presenting uh, when it authenticates to this API? How confident are you that your app is the only thing that's able to use that credential. You know, the, 
that question isn't quite as salient when it's just an application making a local function call to a library that's that's within its own boundary. But as soon as you're breaking these things out into microservices, that that becomes critical. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think one thing to add on to what CJ just said, and and just maybe talk a little bit about uh, communications and identity is you know things like MTLS and you're creating good, strong, tightly coupled pipes of trust all the way from customer to you know API settling, right? Which is a very complex thing all the way through. It could be impacting data stores and you know caches and all sorts of things. Having a complete representation and measurement of that trust through its life cycle is critical nowadays because to, to CJ's earlier point, there is no single firewall that solves this problem. You're, you're, you have a collection of connections that are constantly evolving. And so identity is critical and identity based upon strong, controlled and verifiable trust is absolutely required. Absolutely. And, uh, and if we think about this, and we've been talking about, um, about applications, and of course, applications will uh, rely on, uh, on data uh, that needs to be uh, manipulated in some, some ways in order to perform uh, certain functions. So if the ways in which information and data can be accessed or manipulated are constantly changing, how do you mitigate changes to security and increasingly data privacy? It's a good question. I think, you know, from just my observation in the market over the last uh, couple of years is as as the regulations around data have changed, your know, privacy and, and so forth, also you know, the, the invention and the evolution of cloud native. Um, and, I, and I mean that in the declarative sense that it means, you know, look up the Wikipedia six you know, pieces definition of what it means, I guess. Um, it's sort of what I think about is it's using tools the right way, but also sort of a mindset of you are designed for the cloud. That means all aspects of it. That it traditionally means things like zero trust concepts must be employed and, and so forth. So I think the, you know, the, the big thing to think about is when you're designing your data st uh, the, um, structure, right? you're laying out your data for your applications, you're migrating into data lakes and machine learning is powering more and more of your decision making around your data. Knowing where your data is, knowing your responsibility to the privacy and the contractual um, you know, uh, obligation you have as a steward of that data is still just, it's even more important uh, in, in this sort of cloud native world because here's the here's the silly little truth. Uh, data has no built-in defense. It doesn't care what you call it. It doesn't care you call it PCI data, HIPAA, you know, you know personal identifiable information. Um, it's ones and zeros. And so it's at the mercy of where it's at. And so with a very, you know, um, disconnected and idiomatic and decoupled design like microservices and cloud native, uh, you now, you know, back to that early point of m multiple, you know, a very large attack surface, uh, you now have multiple places you must understand your responsibility to that data uh, and how it's being used on your behalf or your customer's behalf, so. Absolutely, and CJ? Yeah, uh, so I think you saw mention zero trust. I think you talked about zero trust or beyond corp on this show before, so I won't get too far into it. But to that point, I think the, the old security boundaries no longer cut it. You know, they're still there. Uh, they can be used for defense in depth type stuff. You know, for example, access from an unknown location might 
still be sketchy and might still be flagged, even if you know your multi-factor auth and your mutual TLS looks all good. I know that Google, uh, our identity-aware proxy product, has a concept of access levels. So, for example, if your finance manager wants to see like the company holiday schedule, that's probably fine. You know, whatever regular old login, it's probably okay. But if she's going and making changes to payroll, you know, maybe we want that to only be possible from a, a managed device on a trusted network. And then I think on top of that, even if you, you know, build these things out well, you still need detection, you still need mitigation. Like in a perfect world, you don't need detection because you've built your system so securely and everybody acts perfectly prudently all the time, so it doesn't matter. But in the world we live in, uh, you still need to know that the way you've built things is in fact the way that that things are running. So detection and mitigation are just as critical in this world, if not more. Absolutely, uh, and I know you've just uh, you've just uh, fortuitously mentioned uh, uh, an example with uh, with a CFO, and on on that point, I've had uh, many discussions with uh, with my clients about uh, the challenges in the current digital world, specifically associated with data, because holding data, especially specifically customer data, uh, uh, has many many associated risks, let alone uh, regulatory uh, fines, which can be quite substantial. So for many years, I think we've all been talking about uh, the CFOs and the CISOs working together to clearly define, you know, the risk appetite and the risk to the data that they hold and how they should be uh, protecting it as well as the infrastructure. So what best practices are available and have you observed and do you have examples of who uh, does it well, starting with you, Sol? Sure. Well, I'm actually a, a former CISO myself, so I share their pain and I, I really hope that they get through it. Um, I think the challenge with trying to figure out that, that appetite for the business uh, and some of the best practices I've seen have come through um, really understanding your relationship as a business to the data of your customer. Why do you have it? What does it do for you and the customer? It's very critical. So clarity of purpose and context is always key. And making sure that's not muddied down is important because quite often security and and compliance can get into the weeds when we need to stay focused on why do we have it um, to get them to get go. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard to get the alignment you need on the business change of, of what you need to accomplish. Um, and I think that the part where from a data risk perspective and appetite, when, when organizations start to look across their fleet of operations, maybe they're a small organization, they only do one thing in one country, maybe they're going to be fairly simple in their relationship to their data privacy and protection and what they need. If you're a multinational conglomerate uh, or you, you work in many different countries and, and have to support many different regulations, you think about it much differently. So. I think there's challenges that, that, that cover a lot of organizations that are just different because of where they operate and how they build. But I think you can still look for some best practices to learn from. Know your data, know your customer and the relationship to it. Look for partnership with the finance and with compliance and try to figure out what in your, you know, find peers within your organization um, as well as outside your organization that you can learn from and work with because um, everybody has to go through this, uh, and, and sometimes the best way to learn is from a good support system. 
Absolutely, and indeed, purpose is one of the fundamental principles of all uh, the data protection regulation uh, uh, I've come af- across, let alone the, the GDPR. So defining purpose and what you do with it and, uh, and how you handle it is actually clearly very, very important. CJ, what are your insights on this? Sure. Yeah, you're going to make me follow up the former CISO and try to give a, a good explanation. <laughs> but I think I think these conversations, it's important to speak the language, you know, the security discussions, that's a risk management discussion. Uh, We talked about APIs before, and I spend a good amount of time working on Kubernetes, working in the open source community. Open source is also a risk mitigation strategy. Clean APIs are a risk mitigation strategy. Whenever you're working with your uh, CFO, investing in in any technology is a commitment. Uh, compatible APIs and alternative implementations, you know, avoiding unnecessary lock-in, those are all free hedges on that investment. I think CISOs are also key in framing some of the build versus buy discussions uh, that, you, that you'll have with finance, you know, taking, especially in the security space, weighing solutions that are already built versus managed solutions versus building something that solves your exact need and, and managing it yourself. Uh, it's good to have that as an, as an open conversation and, and be able to present that information in a way that makes sense to your finance organization. Absolutely. Communications, I think, has always been a, 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 a challenge, let's say, in the security uh, industry. Uh, fantastic, both of you. I think uh, that's all we have time for for this episode but before i let you go i'm going to ask each one of you for one top tip for our audience starting with you so wow okay um well i guess a a top tip especially for cloud transformation i think i hinted at it earlier um is change management and i mean that in the ad car defense uh, or definition of it um is getting very good as an organization of learning how to respond to change, but also affect and create change. Because the one of the biggest challenge uh, that you'll have is status quo. It's real easy to not do this, do anything different today. Um, we just do the same thing we did yesterday. So getting through that culturally is something just to be very conscious of, actually. Don't, don't expect that somebody else in the organization will take care of it. You collectively as a team have to help facilitate it. So that's a good tip, I think. Thank you. CJ. I guess I'll I'll go from the complete other end. My tip is don't run as root. You you probably don't need it. You know I I guess I'm uh, lower down, maybe closer to the ground than than your usual guess. But uh, in this transformation, there's there's a lot of things that can slip by. But don't run as root if you don't need it. Thank you. Excellent tips, both of you. Sol, did you want to add something? I was going to say I think he stole my thunder. His is much better than mine. So. Go with CJ's. Don't run as a route. I agree. <laughs> Thank you so much. Both of you, you've been fabulous. This was episode five of the Talis Security Sessions, The Challenges of Digital Transformation. Thanks for listening. Love this episode of the Talis Security Sessions podcast? Search us out on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
or your favourite podcast service to subscribe, rate and leave a review. Be sure to visit us at cpl.talisgroup.com to access previous episodes, bringing you insights from industry experts on the latest cloud and data security news and trends. Thank you for listening.